Hello everyone, my name is Zachary Rodier and welcome to episode 25 of the Quarantine Hockey HQ podcast and I want to thank everyone so much for their support in our interview last week with Todd Chirac, the VP of Communications and Team Services of the Columbus Blue Jackets and let me tell you we have some great interviews uh, in the future but this week we have so much to talk about so many signings trades the draft happened i mean just so so much to talk about uh absolutely craziness um i just heard the information on taylor hall him signing um with a certain team not going to get into that right this second uh right after this intro we will though so we have so much to talk about i'll start with that taylor hall deal um but then we'll work our way back We'll go to pre-draft happenings. Uh, We'll talk about some of those trades. Then we'll go to the draft. Then we'll go um, to some more trades. And then, of course, free agency. So far, TSN calls it free agent frenzy. And uh, it was a little slow at the beginning. But now things are definitely starting to pick up here. So lots and lots to talk about. And I'm going to give my opinion on all of it. uh, Because there is just so much so much to talk about um but i can't wait to get started here and uh let's get right into the recap of the this crazy week nhl draft trades and free agency let's get started right now in episode 25. okay so now it is time to get into the nhl draft free agency trades and all of that goody stuff goods uh so you know usually i'm what i'm going to do is i'm going to start from the beginning of everything besides i'm going to make one exception um because i think that i could have done i could go on and on about this um so i'm definitely going to start with this one and this is the breaking news right now taylor hall who is a free agent recently on the Arizona Coyotes, he was on the Devils at the beginning of this past season, uh, former Hart Trophy winner, left winger, has signed with the Buffalo Sabres, a one-year deal, $8 million, okay, so <laughs> this one definitely caught me by surprise, I, like, I'm, I'm not even gonna say, like, I, 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 I didn't have any words. I I was just shocked when I saw this one because what we all thought is, you know, who would be in this? Colorado on a short-term deal, Columbus, Nashville, Boston, maybe Montreal, um, maybe Edmonton. There's were a lot of options, and I heard around at least what Elliot Friedman said a few days ago. At least twenty teams checked in with the Taylor Hall camp, and Taylor Hall before this process started, says he wanted to go to a winning organization, somewhere that can get him to the playoffs and get him to win. And where does he sign with all respect to the Buffalo Sabres? But the Buffalo Sabres haven't made the playoffs in a long time. So I wouldn't say that's a winning organization, a recently winning organization. Again, all due respect to them. He's not going to a team that was in the playoffs this year and a contender in the playoffs next this coming season. So 
this one definitely caught me by surprise when he said, I want to go to a winning franchise. And now he's signing with the Buffalo Sabres. Now, those are my initial reactions. I'm going to go into it a little more deeply. But again, this is a one-year deal. A one-year deal. $8 million. That's $7 million in contract and $1 million in signing bonus. Taylor Hall's $8 million contract, and this is according to James Myrtle, um... His $8 million contract will actually only pay him $6.4 million due to escrow and a further $640,000 of salary will be referred to a later year. So this will be the lowest salary he has had since his entry-level contract due to his escrow. So... Due to the escrow. So he must have taken that into consideration. Um, so, you know, if he gets a $6 million deal from another school, maybe he's uh, from not another school, excuse me, from another team. Then maybe he would have only made four or three million. So, you know, in this situation with the flat cap and the high escrow, that's just the way it is. Um, but he's make on the contract value, it is eight million dollars. Eight million. Uh so yeah, again, a big surprise here. Um and let me just tell you so that was those are my initial reactions. Why is he going to Buffalo? You know, for the Buffalo Sabres point of view, I mean, hell of a deal for them. Of course, why wouldn't they want a former Hart Trophy winner? And he's now going to be able to play with Jack Eichel. I mean, something's good. Something great has to happen when those two are next to each other. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's got to be great. Looking at the Buffalo Sabres, they still have $13 million, around $13 million in cap space after this signing. So they have plenty of room. But this is one thing here. What I find interesting. Taylor Hall knows that he could have probably got more money in a year that doesn't have flat cap. And $8 million is probably the highest salary he was offered. Um, but the Buffalo Sabres are a team that could sign him for seven years. They could sign him long-term, five, six, seven years. But the Buffalo Sabres signed him for one year because that's probably the only deal he'd accept. And obviously, Kevin Adams, the GM of the Buffalo Sabres, says, of course, we want to make this a long-term relationship, but I don't know if that's going to happen. In this contract, it, there is a full no-move clause and a no-trade clause. And... At originally when I saw this, I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Excuse me. What the heck are they doing, right? Why why would they agree? Why would the Buffalo Sabres agree to that? And why would the Dallas uh why would Taylor Hall agree to that with a no move clause? Because for the Buffalo Sabres point of view, 
they can't trade if they don't make the playoffs. They can't trade him near the trade deadline to whatever team they want. With that no move clause, Taylor Hall gets to decide where he wants to go. And when I saw that originally for Taylor Hall, so he wants to stay in Buffalo the full year? Why would he want to do that again if he wants to win the cup this year? That was my initial reaction, right? But now that I'm looking at it, it doesn't seem, you know, again, this still seems crazy that he signed with the Buffalo Sabres and he's going to Buffalo because he said he wanted to win. But let's think about this a little bit, right? Taylor Hall is getting the $8 million he wanted. And he probably wanted more. He wanted probably in the 910s, right? But teams with the flat cap didn't think he deserved it or couldn't give it to him. So this one-year deal, I wouldn't call it a bridge deal because it's $8 million, but it's saying, I think I deserve more and I'm going to prove I'm worth that money. So when you go to a centerman and a captain of Jack Eichel, and you're going to be playing on the left of Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall is up for an opportunity for a ton of points and a ton of goals when you're playing next to Jack Eichel. So that's just going to up his value if he does well with Jack Eichel, because when Taylor Hall was signing this, he's like, I know I'm going to play next to Jack Eichel. So, I mean, definitely things, great things are going to happen, right? So that's the first thing. He's going to get to up his ante for next year um, because he's going to be playing next to a star forward in Jack Eichel. It also tells Jack Eichel, hey, the Buffalo Sabres, are, we want to win. But now let's go to the no-move clause, okay? This is a one-year deal. So if the Buffalo Sabres aren't making the playoffs or they don't look like they're having a great year, Taylor Hall's on a one-year deal. The Buffalo Sabres are going to want to sell him at the trade deadline as a rental. And the thing is, they can't do that unless Taylor Hall gives permission, which I think what Taylor Hall, when he put this no-move clause and he did one year, he's saying, yes, there's a great opportunity and a great possibility that the Buffalo Sabres do not make the playoffs. And I know I've spent over 10 mi- around 10 minutes on this one. We'll move quickly on all the others. Um, but this is a very big one that I want to talk about. Um, yes, there's a great possibility that the Buffalo Sabres don't make the playoffs. But guess what? I'm getting my $8 million. And if the Buffalo Sabres want to trade me, I'll be open to that probably because I want to go to a winning franchise and make a run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But with that no-move clause, I get to say exactly which team I am going to. He knows that he's going to get traded. He's not going to get blindsided. And plus, he gets to decide what team he wants to go to. So if the Buffalo Sabres near the deadline, because they're not making the playoffs, want to trade him, they'll have to go, hey, Taylor, the Colorado Avalanche want to have you for this playoff run do you want to go there and he has to give yes or no 
And what he's going to say is this team, does this team have a legitimate chance of winning the cup? And if the answer is no, he's going to say no, I don't want to get traded. But if he says yes, then he probably will. So this gives him full control of what team he goes to at the deadline if he does go to one. Again, this is if the Buffalo Sabres aren't doing well. So the And in this trade, most likely, if a trade does happen... Taylor Hall still gets his $8 million, and the Buffalo Sabres are probably going to retain salary to give uh, his contract to another team, uh, and one of those contend- contenders are probably not going to have a lot of cap space, but the Buffalo Sabres can retain a bunch of that salary in the trade, and Taylor Hall can still go to the other team, but he's still going to get his $8 million. So right there, that's just why that why that signing was done and why it makes sense uh so yes that originally at first thought it sounds crazy but now that you think about it a little bit it starts to make a little more sense now that happened today let's go all the way back all the way back to right after the podcast was recorded and released um last week so on October 5th, the San Jose Sharks acquired in two different trades, Ryan Donato, and in the second trade, Devin Dubnik, and a 2022 seventh round pick from the Minnesota Wild. Again, two different picks in the fir- two different trades. So in the first trade for Ryan Donato, Sharks get Donato, Wild get a 2021 third round pick. The San Jose Sharks trade with the Dubnik in the seventh rounder. Minnesota gets a fifth rounder in return. So in my opinion, great two trades for the San Jose Sharks. Ryan Donato, a great player, only giving up a third round pick. That is a pretty good trade right there. And that Devin Dubnik giving up a fifth round pick. I think a Jones-Dubnik tandem, um, especially we don't know what's going to happen um, with the condensed schedule. I think that is a great trade right there for the San Jose Sharks. Minnesota Wild, not bad. Uh, but the Sharks definitely won that trade for sure. The next trade, were the Columbus Blue Jackets going to sign Josh Anderson as an RFA? The question was answered, and it was absolutely not. They traded him to the Montreal Canadiens. Josh Anderson forward uh, went to the Montreal Canadiens, and what did the Blue Jackets get in return? They got forward Max Domi in a 2020 third round pick. So a great trade there for both sides. I do think, and I know I love both Montreal and Columbus, and I think uh, the Blue Jackets did win this trade. A lot of people think, oh, Montreal got fleeced. No, they did not. I think Blue Jack, the Blue Jackets did win this trade, but I don't think they got fleeced. Um, you're like, why would the Montreal Canadiens have to give up a third-round pick? That was my initial reaction too, but if you think about it, I heard there were around 12 teams wanting Josh Anderson. So to woo the Columbus Blue Jackets, yeah, they're they're probably going to lose the trade a little bit on paper um, because they're going to have to give more than any other team because they wanted Josh Anderson so badly. Um, so they had to throw in that third rounder. Now for the Blue Jackets, this was a great trade for them. They've been looking for a centerman. Uh, on that second line for a while now. Um, they get that in Max Domi. 
he only signed a two-year contract um, with them. And this, you know, I I was surprised for the Blue Jackets they, because this is a two-year deal, $10.6 million overall, so a 5.3 per year. Um, this, this for me was like, well, he can just go to UFA in two years. Now, Max Domi, he probably wants this two year too, because he, maybe he thinks he can get seven, eight, nine, I would say six or seven million, right? So maybe this is a year or two to prove that he can do this for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, you know, I definitely think next year. Um, when, you know, he has one year left, the Blue Jackets and Domi will start negotiating a new contract uh, if the Blue Jackets like what they see. Um, Josh Anderson did sign a seven-year contract with the Montreal Canadiens. So this is a big, big signing here. Um, yeah, this one is for sure a very big signing uh, it's a seven-year deal, uh, and the Blue Jackets definitely did not want to sign Josh Anderson to a long deal. Um, for he did not want to sign him to seven years. But Josh Anderson, seven years, a cap hit of every year five point five million AAV, which is annual average. Um, so. Every year, he's around getting $5.5 million for seven straight years. And with an injury concern and Josh Anderson uh, being injured in the past, it's a risk for the Montreal Canadiens, and that's why the Blue Jackets traded Anderson because they didn't want to sign him to seven years. So we'll see if it pays off for the Canadiens. Um, I think if Max Domi leaves in two years via free agency, I think Josh Anderson and the Montreal Canadiens win that trade. But if the Blue Jackets can sign Max Domi to more than two years or they trade him later and get some good picks out of him or another good player, then maybe we'll see. Um, but I think Domi's going to fit well in Columbus and Anderson's going to be great in Montreal. But Domi, I mean, that's just big for the Blue Jackets to finally, they've been looking for a two, a number two center for a while and they finally got in Max Domi. Next trade, October 7th, Matt Murray, the goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, he's going to Ottawa now. Uh, and that was in return. The Pittsburgh Penguins got Jonathan Grugin in a second round pick in the 2020 draft, uh, which of course took place. And Murray signed with the Ottawa Senators. New logo, new jerseys, by the way, looking good. Four years, 25 million, which is a 6.25 AAV. Great for Matt Murray. Congratulations to him for that great contract. And, you know, the net's all his now, and I can't. He's got to be excited about that one. Um, October 7th, still on that day, Nick Benino, um headed to the Minnesota Wild, and including a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick, the Predators got Luke Kunin and a third-round pick. Um, this was a pretty uh, significant trade here, the Nashville Predators clearing room. We thought maybe they would get Taylor Hall. Uh, they did not. Maybe uh, maybe they'll get uh, Mike Hoffman. We'll have to see. And I'm not going to cover every trade here um, because there's just too much. Um, so there's not enough time to talk about every trade and every signing. Uh, one 
another one that I thought was big, the LA Kings uh, got Elias Anderson from the New York Rangers for a second round pick. The Blue Jackets, they cleared a lot of cap space. They bought out Alexander Wenberg, um, who was a center for them. Uh, they then traded away defenseman Marcus Nuvara to former GM, uh, short, former assistant GM Bill Zito to the Florida Panthers. They got Cliff Pugh, in, who is an AHL player, in return. Uh, and the Blue Jackets also that day uh, sent away Ryan Murray, uh, another defenseman for a 2021 first-round pick. Ryan Murray went to the New Jersey Devils. So that's the Blue Jackets clearing cap. We thought maybe they'd get Taylor Hall too. Um, well, uh, Yarmo Kecklinen, the GM of the Blue Jackets, just said, we want to make sure that if an offer sheet goes to Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's an RFA, we're able to be prepared and we don't get put in a vulnerable spot. Um, with other buyouts, Corey Schneider of the New Jersey Devils was bought out. So was Kyle Turris of the Nashville Predators. Um, so that, you know, that is a big one right there. Uh, another thing to talk about, Anthony Duclair of the Se- Ottawa Senators did not receive a qualifying offer. Um, he was able for arbitration and they could not agree to terms. So Anthony Duclair, who was the all-star for the Ottawa Senators this year, um, is now a free agent. Other trades, the Golden Knights sent Paul Stastny on to the Winnipeg Jets in exchange for a 2020 conditional fourth-round pick and defenseman Carl Dahlstrom. Um, in other trades, the New Jersey, De- and I'm skipping the Watson fourth-rounder, Nashville-Ottawa. Um, Andreas Johnson from the Leafs uh, is headed to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Joey Anderson of the New Jersey Devils. And then uh, yesterday as well, we had a trade. The Colorado Avalanche received Brandon Saad and Dennis Gilbert in exchange for defenseman Anton Lindholm and defenseman Nikita Zadorov. That is a lot of trades to talk about. Um, Yes, I mean, you know, and there's there's a lot more to say. Um, Like when we're talking about trades, um, well, the... You know, the Tampa Bay Lightning still have to do a lot of uh, cap clearing here. Uh, Tyler Johnson was put on waivers, um, and he cleared waivers, $5 million for five more years. Um, so he's he went off to waivers, so he's now cleared waivers so he can make it to the HL. Um, but and he has a full no-move clause. But some other things to talk about, like the Tampa Bay Lightning, said are untouchables they they said who they're definitely not trading steven stamkos was not on that list um so that's definitely you know that's big right there um in breaking news i'm just hearing right now uh i'll talk about miku koivu and the columbus blue jackets later but granland um granland uh who is a free agent may be reunited uh, with Koivu in Columbus. Now, again, what I'm hearing right now, Granlund, um, he's not right now. He's right now a free agent. Hearing the Blue Jackets are interested. Mike Hoffman, uh, because Taylor Hall was signed, is also should be the next major free agent to sign. But let's get to the draft before we get to free agency. But those are all the trades that I have covered. 
let's talk about the draft. Now, there were so many players drafted, right? I, I can't talk about every single country, uh, every single country, every single player, every single team in the draft. I'm just going to talk about the first round, specifically some steals and some big surprises. Well, first overall, the Rangers kept the pick as expected, and they picked Alexi Lafreniere um, of the QMJHL. He is a left winger, 6'1", 193 pounds. Alexis Alexi Lafreniere is headed to the New York Rangers. They won the draft lottery after being eliminated from the qualifying round. So, wow, great for them. And they definitely, this is a big pick for them. Now, the the LA Kings were next. Were they going to pick Quinton Byfield? Or were they going to pick Tim Stuchel? Um, and I hope I'm saying that right. If I'm not, I'm so sorry. Um, the LA Kings chose Quinton Byfield, a center from Canada, 6'4", 215 pounds, coming from Sunbury uh, in the OHL. That is the second overall pick. So the third pick, obviously, then was the Ottawa Senators. They picked who had a the Ottawa Senators had a heck of a draft with so many picks. They ended up uh, getting Tim Stutzel. Um, Tim Stutzel again. Uh, I again, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. That went to the Ottawa Senators. So good for them there. Um, and that was actually a pretty fun pick to watch. Uh, with you know. It was like if we're it was just a lot of uh what's it called you know it was just the Jeopardy the guy from Jeopardy uh Trebek he he called the deals and he uh he he said the Ottawa Senators select Stussel so I thought that was pretty cool and when I was talking about the trades of course I'm not talking about any trades just pick for pick if there wasn't a player involved I did not talk about it because that would just be wasting so much time. Fourth overall pick, Lucas Raymond uh, for the Detroit Red Wings, coming from Sweden, 5'11", 170 pounds. Um, and then Ottawa Senators did another great pick, Jake Sanderson, fifth overall defenseman, the first defenseman that was picked in the draft, USA. He's from America, 6'2", 185 pounds, coming from the USA 18 national um team development program and the ntdp um a steal i think i number 10 winnipeg jets getting cole uh perfetti i thought that was a very good pick for them um also the washington capitals they traded for this pick number 22 overall they got hendrix lapierre uh, I thought that was a good one. Same with the Calgary Flames. Uh, they got ca- at 24 uh, overall, Connor Zari. Now, the one pick that we have to talk about quickly, the Columbus Blue Jackets, 21st overall. No, I'm not talking about it just because I'm from Columbus. But this one shocked a lot of people. The Blue Jackets are known to getting gasps and uh, with their draft picks. But this one was so surprising. This guy is from the KHL. He wasn't drafted last year, and he's now drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets, Igor Chinnikov. So if you were watching in Canada on Sportsnet or watching on NBC, when the Blue Jackets made this pick, 
the reporters and the analysts had no idea what to say about this player because they had no idea who he was. Um, they were expecting him to go in the sixth round. Uh, Igor himself said he was sleeping. He wasn't watching the draft because he thought he'd go in the sixth round. So the Blue Jackets taking this one, you know, obviously he's had a great start to the KHL season so far. So we'll see if that continues. Um, he's been very good uh, in the KHL this year. Um, so, you know, again, definitely very surprising pick. Um, and there's a possibility he may be signing another three years in the KHL, which would suck for the Blue Jackets because maybe Chinnikov will never even want to go to the NHL, which is sometimes a problem when you draft a KHL player. So that was a big, big, big surprise. But overall, the draft was fun to watch. Something we got to talk about when it comes to the draft, Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, he wasn't booed because it was a virtual draft. Um, so... You know, it, you know, it's definitely, and by the way, the thing that I'm hearing with Granlund, uh, I, we cannot confirm it at this time. Uh, so take that with a grain of salt at this point. Um, but anyway, back to the draft and Gary Bettman, he said the target gate date is January 1st for the league returning instead of December 1st. Uh, so again, that is what we are hearing at this point so that is very exciting now let's go to free agency after a great draft a great virtual draft and lots of trades you know there's so much to talk about with free agency so again i'm not going to talk about all of them but let's get into um some of those big signings so when we look at the free agency there were so many signings um so i'm just going to get into it you know since I'll, I'll just talk about since I had the podcast last. Um, so the Jake Jason Spezza, Maple Leafs, UFA one year, 700,000. Carson Susi for the a defenseman for the um Minnesota Wild, he, he was going to be a UFA, uh, three years, 8.25 million. Um, with this year's cap hit. Uh, with an AAV of $2.75 million. Sebastian Ajo of the New York Islanders, not the Carolina Hurricanes, Sebastian Ajo, um, who was offer-sheeted last year. Uh, Sebastian Ajo of the New York Islanders, he was an RFA two years with a cap hit AAV of $725,000. Dollars. Brendan Dillon of the Dow- of the Washington Capitals. He would have been a UFA. He signed for four years, a total of fifteen point six million, with a cap hit of three point nine million. Um, Dylan Demello of the a defenseman for the Winnipeg Jets. UFA four years, twelve million dollars in total, AV of three million. This is a decently big one here. Jesse Pulerari, Pulerari of the Edmonton Oilers. Um, we didn't know if they would be able to uh, make a signing and make a deal here. He was going to be an RFA. He signed for two years, a total of $2.35 million, and an AAV of $1.175. Um, Max Domi, I already talked about that one, so 
We'll move on from there. Also talked about Josh Anderson, so we'll move on. The first player to ever sign with the Vegas Golden Knights, Reduke. He re-signed with them as uh, he would have been an RFA. He signed for one year, $700,000 in cap hit. Victor Mete of the um, Montreal Canadiens, uh, he signed a deal for $735,000. Uh, and this is on free agency day. Um, so also, I never talked about Jeff Petrie, September 25th. He would have been a UFA. He signed for four million, four years, 6.25 AAV. Um, but that was a while ago, not on the big free agency day where there is so much to talk about. So I talked about Victor Mente. Well, Dominique Kubelik of the Washington of the Chicago Blackhawks. He's a young guy. He was a Calder Trophy final a Calder Trophy finalist. He's he would have he's an RFA. Um 2 years uh 3.7 million AAV with a total of 7.4 million dollars. Malcolm Subban re-signed with the Chicago Blackhawks. Corey Crawford did not return to the Blackhawks. I'll talk about him in a little bit. But he Malcolm Subban would have been an RFA. He signed for 2 years with a cap hit of $850,000. Next one. Well, we know the Toronto Maple Leafs want to get tougher after losing to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I would call it the the Columbus effect or the Tampa effect. After the Tampa Bay Lightning got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets, they got tougher, uh, especially with that third line, and they won the Cup this year. So what did the Maple Leafs do? They want to be a tougher team to play against, so they went and signed Wayne Simmons, of the who was a free agent. He was from the Buffalo Sabres after getting traded by the New Jersey Devils near the trade deadline. One year, $1.5 million in total for this one year. And there, I believe, a no-move clause, no-trade clause. So again, similar to Taylor Hall, if he wants to get traded uh, during the trade deadline, he gets to decide where he's going. But at this point, I don't think I think he's going to be staying with Toronto this whole year. This is his hometown. There were rumors maybe he was offered more from the Montreal Canadiens. But Wayne, uh, good for him. He I heard the interview on TSN uh, during that free agency frenzy, and he seems just so happy to be able to go home. And Toronto is his hometown. And you know, when you're an NHL player, and I'm not an NHL player, so I don't know this, but Playing for your hometown team is probably something you dreamed about all these years. So congratulations to him. And, you know, this is a year for him to show what he has and get more money next year and keep on pushing um, because he has great potential. He's been great in the past. Uh, You know, he's had injuries and things that have made him struggle in the past. But look for him to be a great asset to the Toronto Maple Leafs this coming year especially making that team a tougher team to play against. Um, but also, he can get points. He can get goals and assists. So look for him to add on all aspects. Um, Bobby Ryan, a Bill Master and Trophy winner from this year, he signed with the Detroit Red Wings UFA $1 million. Simple as that. Patrick Maroon, back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. He's staying with the Tampa Lightning for two years with an AV of 900 k Luke Shen, a defenseman for the Tampa Lightning, also a Stanley Cup champion, 800K one year. Tyler Mott, um, 
He signed for two years uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. He would have been an RFA. We don't have a term at this moment in time. Now, the next big one, the King, Henrik Lundqvist. We knew he was going to go to the Washington Capitals. Well, he signed with them officially. One year, 1.5 AAV. Cam Talbot. You know, these goalies are just going to keep on going. Cam Cam Talbot coming from Calgary. He signed with the Minnesota Wild after they lost Devin Dubnik. Three years, total of $11 million, 3.67 million AAV. Kyle Turse, who was bought out by the um, Nashville Predators, he signed two years, 1.65 AAV. Braden Holpe, coming from the Washington Capitals, he signed two years with the Vancouver Canucks, two years, AAV of $4.3 million, and he does not have a no-movement clause, so he can be exposed um, for the expansion draft. Um, other tra- uh, other signings, Anton Kudobin. He signed back with the Dallas Stars after uncertainty if he would. Three years, $3.33 million AAV. Alex Wenberg, who was, again, uh, he was bought out by the Columbus Blue Jackets. He signed with the Florida Panthers one year, $2.25 million. Tyler Ennis for the uh, Edmonton Oilers, you... He would have been a UFA, one million, one year, simple as that. Mark Burwecki, a defenseman, he signed with the Nashville Predators, two years um, for two million per year. Jack Johnson, who was bought out by the Pittsburgh Penguins, he signed with the Rangers, one year, one million. Kevin Shattenkirk, Stanley Cup champion, he is now going to the Anaheim Ducks, three years, 3.9 million, good pay raise for him. Um, some other ones, Jacob Markstrom, he didn't sign with the Vancouver Canucks after they got Braden Holpe. So uh, what did he do? Six years, six million a year with the Calgary Flames. So the Calgary Flames got their goalie for the next six years. A big signing there. Um, let's talk about other things. Tyler Nosak uh, for the Vegas Gold Knights, one year, $1.25 million. Tory Krug, the... San Jose, the St. Louis Blues weren't waiting around to see what Alex Petrangelo is going to do. We know he's a favorite. His favorite is the um, Vegas Gold Knights. He toured Vegas over the past few days. Um, so we'll definitely see what happens there. Uh, I don't know if he will sign very sh- shortly or how long it'll be, but it looks like he's the favorite. Um, for the Vegas Golden Knights, and they're working out a contract as long as the Golden Knights can clear some cap space. But the St. Louis Blues, they weren't going to wait for Alex Petrangelo to make his decision. They signed Tory Krug of the Boston Bruins, seven years, $6.5 million AAV. Corey Crawford, UFA, he signed with the New Jersey Devils, two years, $3.9 AAV. Andre Burakovsky, He's an RFA for the Colorado Avalanche. Two years, $4.9 million AAV. Tyson Berry for the, uh, from the Toronto Maple Leafs signed with the Edmonton Oilers. One year, $3.75 million. Nate Thompson, Winnipeg Jets. One year, $750,000. Mike Smith, the Edmonton Oilers. Another goaltender, UFA. One year, $2 million. Um... Jesper Foss signed with the uh, 
Carolina Hurricanes, three years, two million AAV. Cody Eakin, Buffalo Sabres, two years, two point two five million. Wow, lots of trades. Trevor Van Riemsdyk, defenseman, one year, eight hundred K in the Washington Capitals. Zach Bogosian signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs. UFA one year, one million dollars. Um, Kyle Clifford signs with the St. Louis Blues, two years, one million AAV. We talked about Taylor Hall and just recently Jimmy Vesey signs with the Toronto Maple Leafs, UFA one year, nine hundred K. Wow, lots and lots of signings. Uh, it's things started to go were slow at the beginning, but you know things just got crazy eventually. I hope I that was long for me. I hope I didn't bore you with that. But let's just talk about the goalies. This is the free agency of goalies, and I don't want to spend too much time because I've been talking a lot this episode. But this was the NHL year. For goalie musical shares. And I saw this graphic. Which I thought was absolutely fantastic. We start with the St. Louis Blues. Um, They lose Jake Allen. Because he is traded to the Montreal Canadiens. So the Montreal Canadiens. Keith Kincaid. Who was from Montreal. He now goes to the New Jersey Devil. Uh, to the New York Rangers. And now Henrik Lundqvist. He leaves the New Jersey. De- the New York Rangers. To go to the Washington Capitals. And then the Washington Capitals let go Braden Holtby. And Braden Holtby now goes to the Vancouver Canucks. And Jacob Markstrom goes from Vancouver in free agency to the Calgary Flames. And now the Calgary Flames lose their goaltender Cam, Cam Talbot to the Minnesota Wild. Um, as he signs with the Minnesota Wild. And the Minnesota Wild lose their goaltender Devin Dubnik to the San Jose Sharks, and that's where the musical chairs end. So it's just a cycle. One goalie after another goes to the next team, to the next team, to the next team. So many goalies moving around. Wow. Um, so there is just so much to talk about um, with all these goalies, and I'm sure there is just so much more in store for next week's podcast. Who's still out there? Well, Alex Petrangelo hasn't signed with the Vegas Golden Knights yet, so he's still a free agent. What about Mike Hoffman? Taylor Hall just signed, so he's the next ava- best available forward. And what about uh, Ekveni Dadanov? What about Granlund I was just talking about? And what about Tyler Toffoli? There's just so many great players out there that are still possibly going, that are still out there, right? So there's so much more to happen. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what we're hearing. Nate Schmidt is possibly going to be traded. Who wins? Who loses? There's just there's just so much right now. I I don't even know who wins, who loses. You know, my one thing with the Columbus Blue Jackets, they they lost a lot of players for not much. On what Yomer Kuklin would say, were soft deals but then he what I don't get is he then didn't sign anyone not yet oh oh I can't believe I skipped this one my Miko Koivu and I didn't even see it on the list that I was looking at Miko Koivu uh a veteran veteran center of the Minnesota Wild 
their longtime captain signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets to give the Blue Jackets um, another center. So they're very well off in the center position. I think the Blue Jackets definitely won with that. They solidified their center position for sure. So a big win for them there. And they're prepared in case um, Pierre-Luc Dubois gets an offer sheet. Who else do I think won? The Ottawa Senators, they had a great draft, so they've won this offseason as well. They also got um, Matt Murray, and I think the Toronto Maple Leafs also got a lot tougher, so they've been winning as well. Uh, and the Montreal Canadiens, they got the Josh Anderson. There's a lot of winning winners here. Buffalo Sabres, who would have thought they would have got Taylor Hall? They're winning too. The loser, Tampa Bay Lightning. They just don't have a lot of space, and they're going to have to make some very very tough decisions. So there's so much more to come in this free agency in this offseason. Going to keep it up to date for you. We are going to have more more and more interviews in the future during this NHL offseason now. Don't know when the NHL is going to come back. So throughout this podcast, we started the podcast during what was the pause. We had the playoffs. Now we're at another offseason. So we'll keep things busy here on the Quarantine Hockey HQ podcast. So much to talk about over the past few days um, and over this whole week. So thank you so much for listening. Before I sign off and getting into the outro, things are changing so quickly here. So I am just refreshing uh, Twitter, making sure everything is here. Okay, uh, what I'm just reading, I'm just spitballing here. Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic and TSN says, I feel the need to clarify this for all the Habs fans on my timeline this past week, wondering about Taylor Hall. The Habs never made a contract offer to him. His agent, Dares, Darren Ferris, confirms to me tonight, one look at their salary cap would tell you that. Um. Also, I'm hearing, despite all the reports about Alex Petrangelo, I can confirm that he hasn't made a decision, and I don't expect there one. There will be one tonight. So, yes, the Vegas Golden Knights are the favorites, so don't think that he is the only one, um, that the Vegas Golden Knights and Alex Petrangelo are a for-sure fit. We will have to see what transpires and what happens. But that is all the news. That is all the craziness. Longer episode. So, so much to talk about. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know on social media or, or message us, anchor.fm slash quarantinehockeyhq. What are your thoughts on all of the these this offseason? Who's your winners? Who's your losers? And what are you looking forward to so far? Let me know. But without further ado, let's get right into the outro of a busy, crazy episode. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Uh, I loved recording this episode. Uh, One of my favorite episodes to record that is not an interview episode. Uh, So any of the episodes where I didn't have an interview, this has got to be the best one on my best interviewless episode recording-wise. I loved recording this one. I got really into it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, especially that free agency part where I was just listing them. I hope you guys enjoyed it and actually learned some things in this episode. Um, we're going to have some great interviews. You know, I, I, w- when it comes to interviews, we have, we have some great potential. Um, 
I can't confirm anyone at this point, but there's some great, there's a lot of potential for some great interviews in the future. So stay tuned for that. Um, but I can't wait to see what happens over the next week in this NHL offseason. Make sure you follow us on social media, especially Twitter, Twitter at Hockey HQ Podcast, Instagram and Facebook at Quarantine Hockey HQ. If you'd like to send us a message, anchor.fm slash Quarantine Hockey HQ. This has been amazing episode 25 of our regular episodes i think we're almost around 60 episodes plus qwhq score recap so it's been an absolute journey loving it here on quarantine hockey hq podcast thank you so much for listening everyone my name is Zachary rodier and we'll catch you next week on monday on the next one thanks